You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 22 of Take a Bow. Um, I'm Eli Tokash. And I'm Sydney Lucas. Guys, we are just pumping right now. We're, we have so much energy. Um, <laughs> we, we're, we're so excited for this episode. And um, if you haven't noticed yet, it's with the incredibly talented Beth Malone, Woo-hoo! who who, by the way, is a Tony-nominated actress, and the Tony noms came out recently, so we'll yeah. talk about that later, though. So it's kind of, like, related. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this was a great episode. There was lots that we covered, and just, like, you know, the rehearsal process through Fun Home and how many different versions of a show yeah. there are and just so many great things, and Sydney is definitely going to touch on a lot of that stuff, so yeah. I love Beth so much. She practically raised me um, backstage. <laughs> <laughs> she's honestly like my my big sister. Um, she's one of my favorite people in the world. She's so hilarious. If if you don't know, she's literally hilarious. She's this so episode is funny so funny and smart. And you will find this out during the interview. But if you don't know already, uh, Fun Home obviously is about the real life story of Allison Bechtel, or as the Fun Home people call it, call her uh, T Rab. Um, and in the show, it paints the story of Allison's life through three different stages of her life as a small child, like a 10 year old child, as a college student, and as a middle aged woman. Um, and Beth and I both played Allison. I played the child Allison, and Beth played the adult Allison. And Beth was in the show for like, I think eight years or something. She was in the show for so long, I think double the amount of time that I was in it. Um, and we got to talk about all of the different iterations of the show and how immensely different each version of the show was. When I came in, it, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy experience where she will explain exactly, um, what happened, but it was the most bonkers fun experience. And I just, I just love her to death. I love her so much. She's the coolest person ever. Yeah. So... Beth Malone, hurting up. With Kizik Can's free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's guest made history in the groundbreaking Broadway musical Fun Home for which she was nominated for a Tony Award. She was in Angels of America, Ring of Fire, and Get Your Gun, and so much more. We're so excited to talk about her journey with her. Um, And for those of you who don't know, she practically raised me backstage at Fun Home, and I couldn't think of a better role model than her. Everyone, please welcome the one, the only, my big sister, Beth Malone. And an older version of you. I'm I'm like, this is where you're headed, Sydney. Okay, so we were talking about before the podcast, um, we rehearsed the Broadway run of Fun Home in a church, and Beth was telling me something very creepy about this church because we were talking about spooky season. Mm -hmm. Um, Beth, what what was going on with the church? Okay, this is the cathedral. It's on, it's on like, what is it, 8th? Oh, I don't know. Okay, so it's on Columbus becomes eighth or, or, or yeah, eighth. I, yeah, I do yeah. know it's near Columbus. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the one that's right down the street from from Lincoln Center, and it's the one with the big giant like apostles all carved into the outer thing. So it's super creepy and like gothic. <laughs> so um, it's creepy enough, but it's the only place in Manhattan that you can tape out a big enough uh, area to rehearse things that go up at circle in the square and it is the only place. So the, and, and, um, rockets also, um, rehearse there and and us and anyone else who rehearses stuff that goes in circle and square has to rehearse down there because it's a giant, big, huge, giant space. But the thing that I think, um, Michael Cerberus and I discovered is that in the corner, in the far corner, that's like right underneath the freaking street. So basically right under the street above is a crypt. And in that crypt are all of these filing cabinets, filing cabinet type things with little names on them of dead priests. And they're in there. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, so it's like all of their ghosts God. in the files. Piles. Beth was talking about this before. Like, oh, remember how there were like dead priests buried right where we were, like right there? And I went, no. So you tried to protect the kids from it, right? Yeah, because you were itty bitty. Um, but you were always sort of a tiny adult. But the other one, like, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Well, but, um, I was because I was pretty much raised. I've been been raised by the entire cast for like two years before then. That is true. Um, I mean, you were a very extraordinary tiny person, though. Like even at the age of nine, when I met you, you were precocious. But then by the time we did the second one, you were like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry for the way I was when I was nine. Oh, <laughs> Do you remember when I was like, <laughs> so annoying when I was nine, and I was like. <laughs> 
Sydney, you're 10 now. Yeah. <laughs> so. It was like the day after oh her ninth birthday, too. I'm so, I'm so humiliated by my behavior. You know, it's actually it's, – it's appropriate because, I mean, if, for those of you who don't know, Fun Home stands for funeral home. So it kind of makes sense that we were rehearsing, like, right next to dead bodies. Dead um, it's so funny. I was oh talking my with my mom before. I was talking with my mom before this, and I was trying to remember what my first impression was of you. Um, and I, I can't remember the first time I met you, but I do remember when, when we were rehearsing in the Shiva Theater at the, in the public theater. I remember mm-hmm. um, you – I don't remember what the situation was, but you basically said, I can do a round-off back handspring. And I was like, you can do a round-off back handspring? Show me. And so you showed me, and you went, I'm going to teach you one day. And you haven't taught me yet, Beth Malone. Oh. Well, you know, I remember that uh, I was like, I had to do pull-ups in that particular oh. production. Yeah. Remember we did the pull-up bar that I we had do, to do? I do, I do. And so you were, I'm like, okay, you want to do pull-ups? And we'd stick you up on the bar and you'd be like, good, 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 good. And same body strength for a tiny nine-year-old. No, I remember you guys helping me. I remember you guys like lifting me up oh. and me being like, I can do it. And you're like, you're like, yeah, Sydney. Who was the one who played John or Christian, the, the blonde? Was it Griffin? Adorable. Yes. Griffin. That was Griffin. He was in Billy Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. He could do tons of them. Like that kid, he he was like really seriously like fit. Oh, little kid. Remember him? Oh, I remember him. Yeah. Oh, I remember him. I know. And I, I miss Noah Marlowe as well. Oh my God, Noah! We had a couple of Noahs. Remember, we had a couple of Noahs. I don't yeah. know if you remember. We had Noah Marlow. We had Noah Hinsdale. Yes. Yeah. On the cast album. Noah uh-huh. Hinsdale was in Finding Neverland with me. I love Noah. You were. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. Um. Did you? Do you know Laura? Laura Michelle, Michelle Kelly. Yeah. Ah, I worked She's with her best. last summer. I love her so much. I should call her. She had a baby. Yeah, I know. I couldn't what? believe it. Like, all of a sudden, she was, like, had, like, a man and then, like, got, like, I don't even know if they're married or not. They got married. Yeah, they got married. Yeah, it was so quick. I was like, wow. And I was so happy for her. I know. She's such an open book. And she was always just like, I love you guys. And I just can't wait to have a kid of my own one day. So when I saw that she had a kid, finally, I was just, like, so happy because I knew how bad she wanted one. Yeah. And she's she's an awesome mom. And. You know, it was like weird because we were doing Matilda at the Muni with Mike Isaacson, our Mike Isaacson as our artistic director. And um, she was super pregnant and playing a person who's not supposed to be super pregnant. And (laughs) we were all just like, just look away. Just pretend like that giant bump isn't there and just play the scene. But she just got super pregnant throughout the summer. She just got more more pregnant. And it was like, (laughs) God. Well, good thing it's a really big, big audience. Like it's like fourteen thousand oh. pieces. Of, maybe oh, yeah. by the back, you can't even tell she's pregnant. But she also has the best accent. Like, oh, come on, and we so all strive for that accent. Dreamy, like that voice yeah. is nuts. Like I could hear her sing the phone book. Literally, she <laughs> anything. Yes, that's a crazy voice. It's got kind of like this bright, mixy sound, but it's totally sopranoy legit. But she makes it. But that that that. That sort of like bright sound almost sounds like she's talking. Oh yeah! Mm. Even though she's singing her face off, it's crazy. It's an amazing voice. I love. It's incredibly voice. colorful. Like mm-hmm. it, it, like I don't yeah. know like how else to say it, but like it paints like such a beautiful picture, and it's so True. elegant. 
but all the that my house song from matilda she so i mean like we could talk about laura michelle kelly let's just talk about laura michelle kelly for the hour yeah oh my god I love her so much. We need to I have her on Judy the podcast. Now. We should talk about Judy Kuhn and her voice. That's a yeah. voice. Oh, that is a voice. Oh, my goodness. That's another voice that has that ability to just like flip into kind of this belty poppy thing. The thing about Judy's voice is it's so, um, it is so warm and it's mm. so, uh, it, it, it's got so much information in the sound yeah. of it. And, yeah. and it makes you want to crawl inside of it, which makes you want to go on whatever journey she's going to tell you. Yeah, it's got so much depth. I love it. Yes, yes love she's she was the Pocahontas voice, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. That's like, <laughs> yeah, come on, Colors of the Wind is like one of the best songs ever. So Sometimes like, you yeah. in a mall, in a, in a mall situation, and you hear Judy Kuhn because it's, because Disney is like the man. Yeah. <laughs> So that, you know, sometimes you're sitting in the middle of like uh, Riverside, California, and Judy Kuhn is like, just around the river bend. <laughs> yes. Yeah, casual. Yeah. I'm always compelled to like call her and uh, like, yes. I know we should oh have her on the podcast. I'm, <gasps> I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I'm going to ask her after this. You got to. Yeah, She's I got to. Okay. Gotta. So we got to, we got to talk about Fun Home. Okay. Um. Well, actually, let's talk about before Fun Home. Let's talk. Let's talk about how before Fun Home, you were you were doing an, a musical in Asbury Park, right? That is correct. I was yes. doing another lesbian musical called um, The Breakup Notebook, and Lisa Crone came to see it randomly because she was on vacation. She was like, "What am I going to do tonight?" And they were like, "Oh, there's a lesbian musical. Let's go do that." Yeah. And so they were there on my opening night and inexplicably, but I knew, I knew at least before that. Um, but that was how I got the audition for fun home. That's how like wow. when I got home, my agent was like, Hey, you put yourself on tape for this thing at the public. And, and it wasn't even you back then, Sydney. It was, you were, you were such a zygote that it was, it was Georgie James back then. It, she yeah, was a little Georgie. tiny kid. And, and then she got big and now she's a, a rock star. Like she's a yeah. freaking rock star. She plays the bass and sings in a rock band. She's a, oh wow, no way, you know, what? Yeah, a oh, a literal star. rock star. Yeah, it's been fun to watch you guys grow up and become the things you're going to be. It's amazing. Oh, thanks. Well, like I said, you literally helped like raise me. Um, I will be as close to three kids as as I was to you, and Oscar and Zell. Like yeah. the the three core initial kids um and there were other amazing kids that came and went but you three and us like i don't know if i'll ever i mean i'll never have kids like like that that i'm that close to ever again we adored you so much i know we adored each other it was just like (laughs) i have to say i was very excited to hear that you were coming on the podcast because you know like i went to school with oscar when he was in fun home and then i've known sydney for a long time and of course zell of course um, but they, they have nothing but like amazing things to say about you. So they yeah, all admire you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really I did. I mean, we spend a ton of time together. So of course you just end up being like family and, you know, yeah. I remember Zell yeah. came over and watched a Steelers game with me once and I'm sitting on the yes. couch watching the Steelers with, he's from Pittsburgh, I'm from Colorado. Yeah. It was, it, they were playing the 
they were playing the Broncos and they crushed us, by the way. But he was oh, very, I mean, he was very kind about I, it. I'm from near Pittsburgh, so oh, cool. I would. I, I'm sorry to that that happened to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The Broncos are really bad. So hey, it, listen, it's Keep the pity just on injuries. That's all. Terrible. You have a nice team, but it's just injuries. Yeah, this is incredible. So the fact that like Lisa Crone just like showed up and then offered you an audition on the spot at your show, like that's that's a pretty incredible story. So it was unreal. It was oh, unreal. was it on the spot? No, it was when I got back home to LA. Oh, okay. I really thought, you know, I was at the point in my career that I was like, that must have, that might have been it because I was in Sister Act, the original, before it went. And I thought, oh, I'm going to take this to Broadway and I'm going to win a Tony for it because this song is so good and I am stopping the show. Like it was the out of town Sister Act. But then when it went, it took really long time for Sister Act to get in. Um, um, and it went through all kinds of changes, including the director who loved me. And so I did not get that part. And because I was literally, I'm going to say I was 20 years younger than Marla, uh, who got, I can't think of her last name, but she's amazing, but, um, I'm 20 years older than her. So she got the part. I didn't, I was like, my career's over. I'm going to do this lesbian musical because I made a bunch of bullet points for myself. Like don't leave the house for less than a thousand bucks. Don't, don't do anything that you're not really, really, um, uh, excited about or, and, or and if you're not that excited about it, make sure it has legs, it'll go forward. Like I made myself a bunch of bullet points. And one mm-hmm. of them was do some, do, um, do theater before I quit. Because I was like, I quit, I quit the play. Um, sure. I was like, I, I want to see people like me on stage. I want to represent gay and lesbian, LGBTQ people on stage, which like at that point, you just never saw it. And of course you never saw a musical about a lesbian, like you just never saw it. So this was totally, totally different than Fun Home. It was like a, it was a rom-com sort of thing um, about a girl who gets dumped. Like that happened. And then, and then Lisa said, I think I found the person who I think, you know, cause it's a tough, that's a tough role to cast. Like Alison Bechtel is a tough person to cast, especially back then when they really wasn't, they weren't sure what they were even writing at that point, you know, it mm. was so vastly different. Mm. Fun home was such a vastly different. There were, there were certain things that were, are still in place from that initial reading, like maps maps mm. was like one of the first things that came into my inbox with Janine Tesori singing this crazy, beautiful little, this is the first thing that came into my inbox, Sydney. Um, Janine Tesori going, okay. Um, bum, 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 you know those chords? And mm. then Janine goes, right angle of the leg. Yep. Mm. That gathers in his sweater. Were his glasses round? No, square across the top. Bum, 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 half moons. And me, striped shirt, natch, watching dad, thought balloon. Daddy, comma, hey daddy, come here. Okay, I need you. The daddy, hey daddy is the only thing that's still left in that show. Oh, wow. Huh. But all of that was there and it was so engaging and so beautiful. And I thought, what is this? What is this weird, strange, beautiful thing that I'm listening to? What is it? I, I didn't know what it was. I just knew I needed more of it, you know? Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. way that show kind of hit me. I was like, oh, wow, what is this odd yeah. thing? And then all of the, the monologues were so weird at the time. They were just kind of like taking stuff that Allison had, has that podcast, you know, she has video blog. She videos herself talking into the camera. 
Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. All this talk was like, I'm, I'm photographing myself. I'm videoing myself, photographing myself so I can draw myself weird. You know, like that was the, that was the thing. And that was part of the audition. Um, do you remember that speech? I think it was gone by the time you got there. But um, so I just thought, this is so bizarre. And I put myself on tape for it. And, there, and I was like, well, here goes nothing. And they were like, yeah, would you do it? And so wow. it was like instant. And then I was on a plane. And then, and then you know, by the time we did the, the, that first 29-hour reading, it was a 29-hour reading. And I met Alison Bechtel at the end of it. And there's a picture of us like standing there looking at each other, just like, like two people looking in a mirror. It was weird. We almost were wearing. Yeah. Wait, ex- explain this moment. Ex- what what well, happened? It was up in the Lewester Hall in 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 the public. This 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 um this theater that can be transformed into all different um, ways. But for us, it was just a bunch of folding chairs in a big empty room. And we did a presentation of Fun Home. It was the very first time that, that Fun Home had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm. Like Janine describes it as like, you know, this this was this is a this is the first time we gave birth to a full body. Like it, before, it was like, mm. oh, it has a head, you know. But <laughs> Janine is such a sicko. But she says like this is like. <laughs> We gave birth to a full body thing. And so they invited Allison for the first time to see it. It was the first time Changing My Major got in the sh- was written for this. Oh, um, wow. Um, Days and Days was written for this. Oh, it was goodness. written like three hours before the, the presentation. Judy was like, am I going to get a song or what? And then they were like, boom, Days and Days. Fully realized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just and, um, and I remember Allison watching out of the corner of my eye, Allison and Holly. Holly was sitting there in that beaver hat that she has, you know, that freaking weird. <laughs> yeah. Who are these people? Yeah, I, love them. I know. And so like oh. she's wearing her, like, cat rim glasses and her beaver hat. And I was like, and like a full, like, I think it's like a full like beaver coat and like a, in a weird, like Russian hat. Anyway, Holly's really eccentric and amazing, but um, there is Holly and Allison sitting next to each other. Kind of like looking at them out of the corner of my eye while I'm playing her going, this is literally the weirdest thing ever. The weirdest thing ever. And then afterwards, like Janine kept wanting me to meet her, kept pushing me toward her, like physically went over, grabbed my shoulders and pushed me toward her. So I was like, I don't want to meet her. I don't want to, I don't that's, know. That's really. a Janine thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that. And then she was like, and then we uh. sat there and looked at each other and neither of us spoke. And I felt oh like gosh. the temperature of my body rise from like my feet all imagine. the way up my head. And then my head turned purple and I was like, I really like oh. you. Like some, you're, you're so good. And I like you a lot. And, 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 and like, just like this diarrhea of like really inane shit came out of my mouth, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, can't take, can't undo that moment. Can't take that back. You know? Oh Great first impression. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, but she was always <laughs> so generous. She was always so incredible and just yeah. So, so T Rab, we love her. T-Rab, you know, she was just you know, it's really yeah. scary when you're playing someone who's alive and they have yeah. opinions and stuff. But she was always like, "Good, good job." <laughs> oh. oh yeah, That's always so weird. So you took Fun Home from like its first ever, you know, lab reading, whatever mm-hmm. you can call it. Um, first beginning middle and then um mm-hmm. did you ever like realize you know that one day you could wake up and just have 
been nominated for a Tony? Uh, you know, it was after the Newman that, yep. but it was like somewhere in the middle of the Shiva. So we had, we had three sort of productions of it. Um, they were all yeah. vastly different from one another, but, um, extremely and we'll, in the middle and, yeah. of the Shiva. Remember Sydney, how famous people started coming? Yeah, I do. Because we started having this crazy weird buzz around town. Oh, no, like, we started getting a buzz. Yeah. Yeah. Something something's going on down at the Shiva. You should go check it out. Something, yeah. something about this thing called Fun House. And everybody, comes, <laughs> everybody, oh. everybody, what is with that? Because it's not hard. So go to Fun House down at the Shiva. It's really special. <laughs> and so I remember one time I'm like sitting there, because remember I had to sit on the edge of the stage, the stage yeah. with a little itty bitty thing. And, and it, was, it, was, it was so interesting because we didn't have a backstage. All of the actors just kind of sat off in chairs so we could all see the audience and we just sat over on the side in chairs yeah. just it was so funny famous people you could just go like look at them and be like oh meg ryan huh yeah it was so funny they were watching the show and we were watching them yes but, um, so the shiva was the first time i thought oh this this is something besides like this thing that lives in my inbox you know because fun home fun home fun home for years i was it was my own private knowledge of this special, special thing that um, I would even try to tell my friends about it. And they'd be like, mm -hmm, yeah, anyway, you know, but until, until it became a thing and they were like, oh, mm. oh, that's what you've been talking about all these years. Cause it had been years by that time. Um, but you know, the Tony nomination um, the, the year before we were nominated for a whole bunch of awards for the off Broadway. Um, oh, so bunch, yeah. when the Tonys came, um, I didn't know if I was going to be on that list, but I knew everybody was and the show was. So the fact that I was also on that list was extraordinary. And then we got to go through that really fun season together, just like running yeah. around in time cars. So crazy. So crazy. Or with Sting. Like the weirdest oh thing that God. happened to me was I got set next to Sting <laughs> and they served lobster for breakfast. Remember that oh one? My God. Oh my I remember God. that. It was the Tony luncheon. They served yeah. lobster for breakfast. I think I think I was sitting next to, to Terrence McNally. Of course you were. Oh. I know. Isn't that? And I was, I was just so starstruck by everyone. Isn't that like, so nice that you got to know. see and know Terrence McNally in your life? I know. I love so that. Nice too. No, and I know. I know. It was it was surreal is is honestly the, the word that I always use to describe it. Um, Accurate. Yeah, the Tony, the, the Tony season. Is, I want to ask you about the Tony season. How was the Tony season for you, especially since it was like your first Tony season? And, and especially because you were the like the lead, lead, lead of the show. It was fun. It was a blast. I mean, I had so much fun because I was old enough to know how extraordinary it was for someone uh. to come from where I came from and then like end up where I was in that short amount of time, I was like, this is extraordinary. I'm going to enjoy every second of it. Like I won some kind of a reality show. Yeah. And it was, it was like that. It was like, um, and I bought a whole bunch of clothes. I took money and just like bought $3,000 worth of clothes. Oh and God. I was like, I'm going to look fantastic every day and go to a luncheon and I'm going to talk to Bernadette Peters. And I did, you know, it was like all did. the things. It was like, oh, um, hi, Cheetah. You know, it was fantastic. It was like so many fun things. And then yeah, I mean, really it, if you're going to, you like, you got to, you got to live it to the fullest. <laughs> yes. I mean, I would do things differently if I could do it again. Um, you know, cause I was a little bit thought out of a cannon and I did say that I wanted to motorboat Kristen Chenoweth, which I, oh. 
take back. I don't want a motorboat. <laughs> but I did say that. Um, That's so funny. In an interview, they're like, what do you want to do? What would you do if you met your fellow nominees? I'm like, well, I'd want a motorboat because I'm Genoeth. <laughs> yeah, I said that. Just came out, you know? Yeah. Stream of consciousness. But um, so that was, uh, it was extraordinary. It was a blast. Um, it was exhausting to also be doing eight shows a week. That's the other thing they don't tell you. It's like, oh yeah, you got a matinee in the evening and then you have an event. And then the next day you have an event before any matinee. You know, it was just like, it was too much. Yeah. It was too much. But um, it was almost too much to enjoy by the end of it. You're like, I'm mm-hmm. trying to enjoy this. Because you're just so tired sure. and you know, Tony voters are still coming and mm-hmm. we have to do the best show every single night, you know, so there's all that stress. Yep. Um, but you handled it so beautifully. You were such a pro. Do you remember when we did the, um, that other thing where we went into a booth and talked for like an hour? That was the first podcast that I ever did. It was technically a podcast, right? Yeah. What is it? I forget what it was. It was for like an AOL, I think, something. Ask and and Ask you and I, and my, I think Michael and Judy went in together, and you and I went in together, and we just talked for like an hour about anything we wanted. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear that now and hear like little tiny you, because you, you were just so, um, you were always so like lucid and, and your assessment of the, of the current situation, you were like, it was it was really extraordinary. I've never seen anybody like you as as a tiny child. I mean, you were I've said this to you before, so it's not even a surprise, but I I tell people all the time like you cannot teach what Sydney Lucas knows how to do. You cannot teach it and you cannot learn it. Like she cannot be bad. She cannot be dishonest. She doesn't have a dishonest bone in her body. Like even when you would cold read something, Sydney, if you read some, if somebody plopped something in front of you, plus your like reading level was, was off the charts crazy. Um, and, and they would plop something in front of her. Plus they would write things on the, on the fly and like, here, sing this. Remember that day when, when they were trying to um, replace the song? The Al for short. Hey, yeah. That was nuts. Like Sydney, I wish I had that whole episode on tape. You would be astonished at yourself. <laughs> you were exquisite and like full I, on, like, remember they were giving you all this like rock and roll stuff to sing and you were just like, I'm nailing this right off the bat. It honestly was so fun. And I got to say, Beth, I really, truly got to say, I learned so much for you from you. And I'm not even like, I'm not even saying that to, to be like, yeah, I, I don't so know. Sure. I'm not even learn. saying that to, except for like how to, you know, like h- how to eat all of the donuts that Judy brings in. But I was, I was honestly so amazed by. I think you, I, and I always have thought. I think you were just the most incredible and mesmerizing and captivating, not only performer but also speaker and inter interviewee. Um, I well, it was important to me. Like the subject matter was so important to me that and whenever you can tell you're so passionate about it. And I learned yeah. I, I like honestly, I every single time I got to do an interview with you, I was like, Oh, I wish I could I wish I could do that. Like I wish I could be like her in in, well, in interviewing. You were eleven. So you know, <laughs> give yourself a break. But um it, it was uh you know, it was important to me. It was yeah. Still is important to me what we did right. and then where we are now. It's yeah. just like, come on, it was just so good, and then it all fell apart. Ugh. Yeah, 
but you know, we're going to keep on keeping on. We're going to keep on. We're going to keep on fighting. keeping on. Yeah. So Beth, I, I really want to talk to you about, um, I think the, the lab of fun home, which we did at the Shiva theater, I think mm-hmm. it was the first time that it was like stood up in front of an audience. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, it was. So, so I really want to talk about that, especially with you, because you are the lead of this show. You you don't go off stage. And the, the the lab was so interesting because they would they would make changes, make giant changes, um, sometimes small, sometimes giant changes. They would take away songs, add another song. They would take away a monologue, add another monologue. And then we would have to implement them like the night of or maybe the yeah. day after. And the I really of. want to talk like about your experience in this being that you had most of the changes out of everyone. That lab, that lab contract is nuts. And that lab um, season really pushed people to their breaking points. You remember like people were dropping like flies. It was tough. And then great, like from God, literally from the heavens came Hurricane Sandy. (laughs) which shut us down just as we were all about to like crumble into like a little pile of dust. I remember that. Yeah. We came along and we all got like four days off and we needed it so bad. I remember I wasn't sleeping because, okay. So the lab contract for listeners, it's like you, you, you work from 10 AM to five, you take a break and then you do the show. So you work all day, eat, sleep, do the show. Go home. They're emailing you new pages. Don't look at them right before you go to sleep or you will not be able to sleep. P.S. Then you wake up in the morning. You make coffee at 8 a.m. You start working on the new pages at home. Then I was I was commuting in from New Jersey at the time. So I would like. Oh, my gosh. Listen to stuff as I was as I was on the bus. And then I would walk from Port Authority down to the public and I would try to learn the new song while I walked. So, um. Because also I wanted to exercise because I was like, I'm going to be yeah. in the black box all day long. If I could get like a 45 minute walk, then it would be so good for my brain. And I was yeah. learning things while I was walking. I would record them into my phone and listen to them while I walked. I wrote them up and down my arms. I wrote them all over the set. I wrote them on my, my, um, you know, wow. my props. Remember, I, and I would just try to like everywhere kind of over there and say the line like I wasn't reading, like I was thinking, you know, I got really <laughs> adept at faking. You that found so many ways to write your lines down. <laughs> it was nuts. Remember that. that that ending that had me like weeping in a pile at the end of the show? Like there was that that really weird ending where I was like, it was like oh. a compilation of all the things that had happened. And it was like fragments of thoughts. And I was singing fragments of thoughts. And then I was like, I remember it. I do remember it, but it's vague. It's vague. Well, I'm glad you don't remember because it was really intense and a child should never have even been witness to it. It was like so intense. And I was ended up like crumbling in a, on the floor weeping. I remember. And I was so tired, so exhausted. Like literally, I literally remember just like tears were pouring and out of my face and snot out of my nose. It was so unappealing, but I, it was just like, I am really tired. Like no human being should be on stage in front of people when they're this tired. This is yeah. too much. But, um, it was, it was extraordinary. It was like, um, Who's the who's that acting teacher who likes to take people and like break them? Um, uh, I can't think of his name, but I, I'll think of it. And 
then maybe I'll text it to you and you can put it in the thing. But sure. It, uh, maybe future me will just pop in for a second and be like, it's this person. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The, the guy who likes to just like exhaust people so that they do their best work. That is what happened. It was extraordinary because you literally could not act. Wow. You didn't have the energy. All you could do was survive the play. Yeah. All you could do is survive it. And that is when the best acting happens. Honestly, honestly, because it, 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 it gives, it gives uh, stakes. Honestly, it, it, it gives. Um, yeah. It was like, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm really, really need this to happen. I need this to happen so badly. It might kill me. Yeah. And that's what the show's about. And, and, yeah. uh, and we just kind of were like, this is it. This is all I have tonight. And plus, like, the, the kind of acting that you have is just, like, really, um, like, naturalism times a thousand. Because all you can do is just behave. You cannot yeah. act. You cannot act. And I think, right. like, that was a really good um, thing to go through to move really on was. to bigger productions when we were more performative to not be. Remember Sam mm -hmm. just always just in he he really encouraged us to treat every single night like a rehearsal. Remember? Really? True. He would go out to give the curtain speech with a beer oh. so that he would say to the audience, you know what? This is a rehearsal and I'm gonna drink this beer and you're gonna sit over there, but these people are gonna be up here working. So just be cool. Bye. You know? Like, wow. That was what it was. It was mm -hmm. like it was so amazing. I find that story of like how you, I mean, it's hard, especially like in a developing project that, you know, there is new work handed to you every night. So it's fascinating that you were writing it on your sleeve and on your props and on the set. Like, I think that's like the coolest thing ever. It wasn't even, it was on my body. It was like literally on my arm because wow. remember I had no, I had no long sleeve. I was like writing, there was and I would scrub it off and write it. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, how did you like make sure the changes were added yeah, to your body? Like, Janine was always sort of fascinated about it. She was always like wanting to look at where I'd written stuff and how. Yeah. I <laughs> well, it's like another show that you're basically and, doing and with your body. Like you have to figure out which part is on which part of their body. That's awesome. <laughs> and honestly, Beth, you had it by far, by far, by far worse than any anyone else like I to our listeners um she would they would they would take uh oh, first of all Janine and Lisa and Sam they worked like the amount the amount of songs that they wrote and these beautiful beautiful songs that they wrote and then within the day scrapped and then just wrote a new song was insane and Beth would have this like this amazing beautiful song and then and then Janine and Lisa would be like no we're scrapping the song we're writing a new one and then Beth would have to learn this song in a matter of sometimes hours honestly she would she would implement the the we would we would do rehearsals of the new changes in the morning and she would implement them that night or she would have pages and pages of dialogue changed um and the, the speed the speed at which they worked was uh oh my goodness it was it was, it was. amazing it was incredible um but seriously like the i don't and i didn't even have it that i mean i had a great memory but i i didn't i didn't have it that hard compared to you it yeah, was but you crazy know what? You, uh, 
they would change things for you and you would implement them. And it was astonishing to watch. I can't tell you. It's <laughs> nuts. But um, the other thing, like the, the amount of great songs that are just in a trunk somewhere from that show, yeah. I think like, wouldn't it be amazing to do a night called oh Songs God. from the Coffin? And like, instead of the trunk. Oh be, like, my gosh. Here's a good, here's an oldie, but a goodie. Whoa. Uh, remember when it was like, where, where someone was answering the phone and be like, dad, somebody died. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> I do. I do actually remember that. And there was great song. There was great songs about around, around that, like the funeral home songs, which is so funny and so weird. Um, but like, there's a part of the show. I haven't listened to the cast album in a long time. And I was thinking about it recently do you remember the part where you go small hand flying a plane, zoom, zoom, blah, blah, playing a guitar, mom practicing piano, feels like Chopin. Was that in our show or did that get cut? Because it was there forever. Wait, wait, Do you wait. Know what I mean? S- wait, sing it, sing it, sing it one more time because it, it, it lagged the entire oh. time for me. Okay, ready? Small hand flying yes. a plane. Yes, yes. I don't know. You remember? Do you remember? Um, do you remember? Was that a feet are funny? I can draw them right. Dad will show me. Do you remember that song? Yes, I was like that. That didn't make it in our show, did it? Didn't no, it didn't. Get in our- <laughs> it's so weird because they're so because it's been long enough now. Things that are in the show and things that didn't make it in the show are just as present in my mind because we held them yeah. for so long. There were so many things in Fun Home for yeah, so long. It was, but- it was when, it was when, um, who was it? It was, it was, so you know how Helen's playing the piano and, and then she stands up and she says, maybe not right now. And then, and then jo- Joelle, um, whichever character that was, cause he played a bunch of different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts singing like, I know this type, this type of married guy. I used to be part of that song. I used to have like, I used to be one of those parts, but then they took away my part. And so all of the kids just said like, ba, 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 ba for a bunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like even those ba, 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 ba's had so much like intention Mm -hmm. behind them because it was all saying the kids are, and the kids, Meanwhile, the kids are sitting here right here going, so amazing. It was, it was so intricately thought of like every single line, every single line had a deeper meaning behind it. It just blows your mind to this day. I'm just like, oh my God, I watched it happen Uh right in front of me and I still don't know how they did it. Exactly. It was so masterfully crafted. Yeah. I love that tree planting scene. If you ever go back and listen to that tree planting scene. (laughs) The tree planting scene is interesting. I always talk about it when I do lectures because I do a lot of fun home lectures now. Um, Because every (laughs) single line in it, um, the audience learns something. It's not, and they never tell you anything. The authors are masterful at writing dialogue that teaches the audience something important without ever telling them what it is. Mm. You should go back and look at that tree planting scene. Wow. I will. Oh my gosh. Thinking of the lines now, you're so right. It's it's true. Every single line, the audience learns, oh, the mom is an actress. She comes in with sewing stuff. The kids are the dad's first line is if we if we do if we 
play it right, it'll bloom. It's like the gayest line ever. He enters saying the queerest thing ever. He's like, mm-hmm. if you plant it right, it'll bloom. You know, it's like homosexual. <laughs> yeah. Just every single line is like, wow, 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 wow. It's the gayest line ever. Truly. Yeah, but it's so, like, so well written. I mean, so the, the entire show is just like literally brilliant. Yeah, it um, is. But I wanted to go back to the moment. So, like, you were writing your lines on stage, but, like, considering you never left the stage, like, were you able to, like, leave, like, water or, like, snacks or something, like, on the stage? Yeah, I got really good at at uh, that. I actually <laughs> found a place where if I actually really had to pee, I could. Oh, my um, God. And it was during the, the kids' trio, um, the uh, Come to the Fun Home. Sometimes I'd leave the stage and go to the bathroom. And it really, it didn't matter. I realized it's like, Allison has to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would walk yeah. off stage and go pee, you know, and, and then I'd walk back on and be like, yeah, in the meanwhile, I, I, I drew this entire song. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> but awesome. yeah, I, I would put a, a mug on stage and my, on Broadway, my desk moved around because mm-hmm. it was circle and square. Um, so I had to have one of those like travel mugs with the, mm-hmm. the base was really big so I could have water in there, but I just got really good. You know what else I got really good at? Drawing. Do you remember that, Sydney? What? I got good. Oh my at god! Drawing. Yes, you actually drew. I did because I was there for fantastic you know, drawing. Now I got better at it. It's it's one of those things you can get better at. I learned, which I never thought. I was like, either you're talented or you're not. And I was Uh-oh. like vaguely okay, but then I I was like, with practice, you can learn. Just like acting just like singing i think you can learn tricks that are like oh if you do that it looks like shading or if you do that it looks like oh yeah so i learned i got i got and then i auction off all the things i drew for like broadway yeah. characters. i was just gonna ask like do you still have them or like did you sell them like what did or donate Lots them yeah have them yeah they're all over the place remember i had that helmet that i that i would wear every day when i rode oh. the scooter or the bike to work i do yes I have a red helmet and then I got everyone to sign it. So I donated that also and they got like yep. 400 bucks for that. Wow. Whoa. You know, so that was fun. We did a lot of amazing charity stuff too. Yeah. Amazing. Truly. Yeah. Do, do you have any memorable fan experiences from Fun Home? Oh, wow. I, I mean, geez. the kinds of stories that we heard and the kinds of stories that people would write to us. Like we got a lot of letters um, and, you know, it's a very dangerous world for gay people still. So to have this kind of representation um, and, and this kind of honesty and dignity given to a story that wasn't just like the gay persons on, on the upright side of the stage being a, being a, a punchline this is a a story with dignity and substance where mm. the gay person is down center um it just it mm-hmm. was so incredibly powerful to receive all of the the stories the stories the stories the stories yeah um, people would bring their mother to fun home i'm like you're braver than i am man i would <laughs> never bring my mother to fun home um or my father, um, you know, it was like uh, a movement. It wasn't just a show. It ended up being like the second act ended up being that um, that 
uh, uh, autograph line. Autograph line. Yeah. Right. It was intense. I'm sure that you have incredible stories too. I mean, I have, I have a, a, a manila envelope stuffed full of some of the more beautiful ones, more intense mm-hmm. ones. Like um, people still write me, you know, yeah. it's, it's really um, an honor to receive those kind of stories from people and to have been the receptacle for, um, you know, people's uh, vehicle for, for people to, uh, you know, have courage and, and tell their, tell their truth. And it was, um, it was really powerful. It was really powerful, but it also made me intensely sad because, Mm -hmm. uh, of all the work that's still to be Mm -hmm. done. You know, you think, oh, we've come so far. And then these people are traveling from all kinds of places just to see you and tell you that they, you know, you saved their life. Yeah. Um, Right. Very, very intense. It's real. And also because... So it was not just a musical. Yeah, no, it wasn't just a musical. And also because, I mean, this was... I mean, the show revolved around a lesbian woman. You played Broadway's first ever openly butch lesbian lead. Ever. Ever. Um, Yeah. And maybe only for a really long time. I can't imagine another musical soon coming out and being like, now another butch woman sings. Right. No, I don't think so. It's not yeah. going to happen for a while. But yeah, it was amazing to be that to be that person has historically has been pretty heavy. I can pretty, pretty heavy. Um, you know, but also like as an actor and casting wise to not to sort of like go and now I'm going to set that down and I yeah. want to be another thing. You know, for people to see me as like a legit actor who can play things has been sort of a fight. Sure. Um, I just played um, yeah, yeah, Brown. yeah. Finally, like a heterosexual leading lady in New York, finally. And then COVID came and went one night instead of going to work, I went and cleaned out my dressing room. Sucked real bad. Yeah. Well, we wanted to actually talk to you about that. So how has, you know, obviously we're quarantined. How has that like affected you and your work? Because we did know that you were in Molly Brown. How many shows did you do? like before it got shut down? Oh, you know, we were up for like five weeks. So we were in the middle of a nice big run and stuff and it was cooking along. We got tons of like awards and we got lots of reviews that were nuts. And it was just like this great thing. It was this beautiful thing. And then it was just like, boom, over in the blink of an eye. So that was a drag, but at least we got to do it. Imagine being like um, company. Yeah. You know? And having all all the rehearsal and not even get open or or what was the one about six. Henry VIII's wife? Six. Six. I, I saw six. It was in previews and they didn't literally just a couple days before they were about to open just I shut know. down. They were in. I think they had all gone to the theater that night and were sitting yeah. backstage and going, "Okay, are we going on oh or God. what?" Yeah. Oh, you were the Clippin' boy. Oh my God, you were so good. Oh, Wait, you saw him. You. Beautiful. Like Patina is my friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Patina's my friend oh, because of Sister right. Act. Oh. Yeah, so Sister Act, Patina was in the chorus, was in the ensemble, oh, and so I good. was the nun that sang the, the, big, the big, like, oh my yeah. God, I'm going to have a life now song. Um, so we, we did that. We did those productions, um, and we were in Atlanta together, you know, away, living in a hotel together. So oh. um, we got really close. I love her. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. She's, oh, she's, she's so cool. She's so cool. And she makes me want to do push-ups too, also. She's I mean, so fit. Like crazy. her body is insane. It's nuts. So it may, I was looking at her going, okay, I gotta do some push-ups. 
I was like, yeah. I want to go to Pippin. But really what Pippin made me want to do is like get a Pilates mm. coach. Ooh, yeah. yeah. No, everyone was like super fit during Pippin. Yeah. Like you it was like beautiful I, people. I loved yeah. that production. I loved that production. It was <sighs> so beautiful. Everyone was so great. And your mom, oh my God. Oh, was, Rachel Bay Jones. Rachel Bay Jones. Oh my God. She was so and I didn't know her yet then. Oh, I just okay. knew this person was doing something extraordinary. And I was like, who is this mm, person? I have mm-hmm. to know who she is. And it was Rachel Bay Jones. I was like, oh. Well, it's incredible. Like I I like you said, I never heard of Rachel Bay Jones until like I did Pippin. And but she had know, quit like, the business. Like she had quit the business. Right. She's quit the business a few uh, times. Yes. <laughs> and then it's come back. And then she's um, been back and win a Tony God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, like seeing her in Pippin, like it was just like, it was incredible to like be on stage with her every night and everything like that. And then I go and see like Dear Van Hansen mm-hmm. at the music box again. And it's like the complete opposite of what she was doing in Pippin. And yeah. it's just absolutely incredible. Yeah. She's got she's a big, so talented. she's got a big arsenal of things yes. she can do. So Pippin, was that the music box also? Uh, yeah. So she could just like leave Literally. her stuff in the dressing room? Pretty much. It's practically her home now. Last year, I, I go to a performing arts school and Sydney used to go there as well. And Oscar Williams went there. Um, so I go to a performing arts school and in class, one of the shows that we dissected last year was Angels in America. Oh. And it was... I, I had never read it before until last year and it was just such a beautiful piece and like the fact that you were in it I'm just like so eager to hear about it so like what was it like to be in such like an iconic play and like a two-part play which is like different from anything else and like you also oh. played like a bunch of characters like did you have like a preference in character like I don't know I have so many questions sorry <laughs> okay so Angels in America was like um to be immersed in the mind of tony kushner for that was so incredibly um Mm. fortifying especially now because it was it was like oh my god now here is a mind at work here Mm. is here is someone who can who can wrestle with ideas and have and have these two-hander scenes where people really go toe to toe over an idea and they and they're both right and they're but and you learn so much and the writing is exquisite and uh, and it's a marathon so again like Fun Home you just by the end of it you just can't even act mm-hmm. um, but so like to be on stage with Andrew Garfield and Susan Brown yeah. and um, to, uh, uh, Nathan, Nathan Lane, Lane yeah. you know like it was it was absolutely amazing but the most incredible part of it was the physical flying of the angel mm-hmm. because that was <sighs> part of it was like, I was really, really fit because of getting ready to do Molly Brown. Molly Brown, oh. I wanted to make as physical as possible. I wanted it to be like oh. Cirque du Soleil. So I was like really, really going toward like, like um, trying to be like in Olympic athlete oh. sh- shape when I got this audition. And, and I was like, oh, I can do that because right now, I mean, right now I can do that. And um, the audition was like, these, these incredible dancer people putting their hands like under your armpit and you go, and on the, on the wow. exhale, you're flying. They lifting you up and putting you somewhere else. So you like, your cue is like, and that is like, a, and, and the, the different kind of flying and the different ways and all the devising, the rehearsal was my favorite period of, of um, like my career in theater ever because it was, exploring it was playing it was physical and it was um it was um just like pushing yourself and 
uh, inventive. It was just so inventive. And plus we got to take like puppetry class. Oh, wow. Because I was essentially a giant puppet. There were puppeteers moving me around, you know, like here's the angel and she's going to hover here and then she's going to like attack and then like float and flaw and like all this during this astonishing um, indecipherable dialogue, which the dialogue also is something I have to speak to because the angel says all this like nonsensical stuff and it's very hard to penetrate, but Tony Kushner knew exactly what he meant. Yeah. And so, you know, he was there. It wasn't like you're doing this, this period piece where the, the where Shakespeare is in, in the room, like Shakespeare's sitting right next to you, giving you new lines. Yeah. So he, he was there. And, um, and, you know, the only reason I was able to like, be in a room with Tony Kushner without like needing an adult diaper was because <laughs> because he was around Tom Holmes so much because he and Janine oh, were around yeah. each other. So he was around all the time. So I was used to seeing him and used to talking to him and he was a fan. Oh, he was a yeah. huge fan of Fun Home. Um, Tony actually tried to get my part cut what? several times. Oh, really? He was like, that adult Allison, like, that's not where the story is. The story is, you know, with these other people, families, what the story is. And Lisa was the one who kept saying, thank you. Thank you for your advice. Please stop saying that. You know, eventually she was like, that's not happening. So you can just stop pitching that. And then Mm -hmm. Tony was the first time, the first one to come up and say, when I'm wrong, I Mm -hmm. say I'm wrong. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I was wrong. Yeah. Um, So, but that was also amazing. I mean, so, you know, to be, to be able to do fun home in your career and then to be able to also do an angels in America right. in your career. It, I, mean, it, yeah. I don't know. I was like, these are the things like if, if I want to check some boxes, like the next thing I need to do is work with Sondheim. And then, and then I'll yeah. okay, so work with Sondheim you know, next. Yeah. I mean, you've been in, uh-huh. yeah. you've been That's in it. Two like, of the most incredible, like meaningful and like change of life stories. Like, I know that you could possibly be in. It's incredible. And nothing, nothing feels halfway. It's like all in or nothing and all in or nothing. Everything that requires you to open a vein. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the job for me because then I did Molly Brown. And because I said, let's make this as like physical as possible. Oh yes. I ended up making it like so hard (laughs) (laughs) and it was really fun to do, but it was really long. And I had all, like I was the driving force in the whole show. So I was just for like two and a half hours. It was two and a half hours long. Um, but it was amazing to do and I was honored to do it, but I was also sort of relieved when it closed because I was like, I'm tired. Yes. And can you, can yeah. you imagine you almost you almost quit the business. You you almost said like, "Oh, this is this is this is going to be know. it. I'm not I'm I'm done." To anyone out there who yep. wants to give up on their passion, can you tell them anything? Just just like if you could tell them one yeah. thing, what would you tell them? Yeah. Well, I would say like the five things, the five I got really good advice right before yeah. I quit. Peter was mm. like, Peter Snyder, my friend who oh. used to be the head of Disney, mm-hmm. he told me, um, because he was the one who was directing Sister Act, and he got fired mm-hmm. too. So he and I were out of jobs. And he said to me, I get it, but before you quit the business, don't leave the house for less than $1,000. Don't leave, don't leave the house unless it's or, and either all of these are ors, either $1,000 or it's a show you've always wanted to do, or it's people you've always wanted to work with, or the thing has legs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, even if it's like something, you know, you're not that nuts about what you know, it's going in that. Um, 
and or do something, and this is the most important one, if there's anything left undone, mm. do it artistically. Yeah. If there's anything you haven't done that is within your power to do, and for me, that was writing a solo show. And so I wrote Beth Malone so far, and that was also really, really scary to do, and, and that was part of the thing where he was like, right. do something that scares you. Do something right. that scares the crap out of you. Um, because obviously you're in a place where you're willing to like throw it all out. So if right. you're going to throw it all out anyway, you might as well do this, do this terrifying thing before you, wow. before you quit. Mm -hmm. And it was excellent okay. advice because it did scare the crap out of me. And it made me feel so alive. Every time I'd step out there to do that solo show, I was like, why am I doing this to myself? This is awful. This is terrible. And afterwards I would feel like so exhilarated and such a huge weight off of myself because I was telling my own true story of um, my parents disowning me when I came out mm -hmm. and I wow. was telling this, you know, through pop songs and with a lot of humor and like me trying to get laid for the first time and, and failing miserably. And just like all of these stories that were um, intensely personal, also really funny and meant something to somebody mm -hmm. else, which is the other part I didn't really see coming. I was like, Oh, this actually is helping people. This story I'm telling is actually changing, changing people's like, um, Janine Tesori always says, you got to see it to be mm -hmm. it. Remember? Yeah. Got to see it to be it. So I was being, I was being a thing that people yeah. could see and I was being really visible and wow. my visibility was empowering other people to, to feel better about themselves, their own lives. And so I was like, well, that is a reason to do that's reason enough to do anything on top of all the other benefits that I got from doing it, which was learning how to write a show, like just the technical. Now I know how to write a one woman show. I know how to take pieces from songs that say what I need and throw the rest out and then write dialogue in between and put another piece of a song that says what exactly what I needed to say. I don't need to sing a whole song. I'm not, no one's making me, I'm the boss of this. You mm -hmm. know, that's what I learned. It's like to be, I was, was, you know, I think it's a lot of actors think, oh, well, the business doesn't want me. I'm, I'm done. Like, uh, there's no, there's no place for me. It's like, there's a place for mm -hmm. you. If you make it, if you yeah. write it, if you, yeah. if you make your own, you know, so I became wow. my own writer and then people, you know, then the people that were like-minded and people who were my people found mm -hmm. me. I could yes. go out and find them. I became the, the, the beacon for them to to see me in the dark and to mm -hmm. go toward me. That's what, that's what writing that wow. solo show did. So, um, that, that's that, my advice. That's, that's wow. my advice. Incredible. That's advice. Everybody go out and write Incredible. a solo show, but like, um, be the most you, you can be is, is a good way to say it. It's like who figure out who exactly you are and what the thing is that makes you, you and, um, and, uh, give it wow. voice. That's so incredible. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect, that's a perfect way to end this episode. Um, we seriously, you're an incredible inspiration and an incredible role model for people like Sydney and I, and even anyone who's listening literally of any age. Um, you're, you're incredible. And I can't thank you enough for like your willingness to come on and talk to us. And it was, just thank you so time. much. Thank I you. I love the heck out of you. And I'm still waiting for you to teach me how to do a backflip. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Take a bow, Beth Malone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, wait. That was crazy. The fact that um, Beth Malone was saying that there was a time where they were getting advised to cut her role Ooh. out of the fun home meanwhile she had already been with the production for like three or four years but at the time like I, that's I crazy to that. me that they almost cut it yeah that was so interesting she said she made so many interesting points that like not a lot of people would know even like some of the cast <laughs> i mean so yeah i think it was just like a great episode and a very insightful especially if you're a fun home fan she's wonderful she always just makes you laugh she always just makes you laugh man it it honestly i learned so much from her girl because i was i was in fun home when i adjust her nine and i end and i and ended my run when I was 12. And through those, you know, developmental stages of my life, I pretty much spent a lot of it uh, doing Fun Home and, and backstage at Fun mm. Home. And I learned from people like, you know, Beth, Michael, Judy, all of these adults around me. And honestly, I, I couldn't think of a better role model than, than Beth. Yeah, I mean, she's literally... I don't know if you guys can tell, but she's incredibly smart. She's incredibly hilarious. Um, and she was just like, she has like this aura about her that like is so contagious yeah. and like so fun. And I think that's why like both you and I are just super excited for you guys to listen to yeah. this one. And hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as we did. Yeah. Um, Sydney, Sydney, I'm curious. Um, you mentioned in the intro, and then you also mentioned a couple times in the interview that you call Allison Bechtel yeah. T-Rab. Where did that come so, from? So T-Rab is T-R-A-B, the real Allison Bechtel. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I know, right? I don't I know love that. I thought it was like a T slash Rab or something like that. I, did, I thought it was like separate. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a pretty neat name. I don't know where it originated though. Um. But yeah, yeah, every time she would come to the show, we'd always be like, hey, T-Rab. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that she was in on it. <laughs> and it wasn't like just like a you like a casting yeah. that she like knew exactly what you yeah. were talking about. Um, 
yeah and then like she had some cool references too, like songs from a coffin she was mm. saying like because oh, of fun home yeah. and the funeral she was saying like all the songs that weren't in the show that were just beautiful she wants to have like she wants to bring those back for like a concert series so i thought that, that was really cool be, too it's a great that's idea such a smart idea but the thing is is that like it I, it would be really cool to like do that for multiple shows Honestly. like because every show like has a developmental process and all of these amazing things just don't make mm-hmm. the cut and so like when she heard that i was like oh my god that's brilliant because during my tra- time in trevor there was like literally by the start of rehearsal and at the end of rehearsal the show was completely mm-hmm. different and so i was that made me thinking like wow so many shows went through that process and i feel like that would be such a cool thing for like everyone to do and if like if that was like a possibility it could have like a benefit concert and like donations would go to like broadway cares and stuff like that i thought like i don't know i i just got yeah. thinking and i was like wow that's, that's so cool thing and it's also not something that a lot of people realize i didn't realize how how quickly the creative team works like they are yeah. they write that you know I especially during the the Broadway version because in the off Broadway version I had a song called Out for Short which is a super funny um little just like hey hey how you doing and it was just it was just a super upbeat little fun song and it got cut for the Broadway version obviously I was heartbroken um but I understood why they cut it and so for the Broadway version we had to go through tens of different iterations to try and replace out for short because the actual scene is important um and and we needed something to replace that 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 sort of moment um and we tried so many different things i i i remember literally being in the room as just as the the gears and sam's and lisa and janine's heads were just churning and i was I just sat back in awe. I was like, I'm not going to make any noise. I don't want to disrupt anything. Um, but they were, they were, they had gone through literally, I remember a, a day where they had written like an entire song, threw it out, written, written another one, threw it out and then another one. And they just, they just kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And it was so cool to watch, but yeah, there, there are all of these songs, probably hundreds of songs that they wrote that ended up being cut. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause like when you're part of a project, you see like the creative team and how they work and how quickly, like you said, their minds are going and how quickly, like they have this short amount of time of trying to perfect their story that they're trying to portray but then like when someone asks you a question and you're as in like how long did it take for fun home to get to where it needed to be like on broadway and stuff like that and you're like Mm. eight years and people are like holy cow that's like a long time and meanwhile it's like not like you need every Mm. second of those eight years sometimes even more you know like everyone works at their own like every show ha- works at their own pace. So like some shows can, you know, be on Broadway within five years. I, I think that's like the shortest amount of time, mm-hmm. to be honest, five years. And then like some shows have been like 12 and 16. Yeah. Like it's been crazy. Yeah, definitely. 
yeah, when you're not a part of that experience, you're like, holy cow, that's like a long time. But when you're part of it, even as actors, when you still like understand that it takes a lot of time, you're st- it, when you're not a part of a project, you're still like, wow, that took a lot of time. But like, really, yeah. it's it was and you needed. also learn not to get attached to anything because things right. are con- it's super like, hard, constantly though. changing. Like the yeah. the um the opening one of the openings in the show I, uh, welcome to our house on maple avenue it used to be a, a song with that the that helen the mother and all of the kids sang we we all sang it at the same time we are to different harmonies and i think it, we mm-hmm. all sang it for the off-broadway run and then for the broadway run they're like no no we're just gonna have helen sing this um and oh. then it, it became uh, judy solo um and and like a bunch of like those, and obviously the 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 biggest change from off Broadway to Broadway was the the venue, the fact that it was in the round. But the change from the, Shiva oh, the yeah. from the beginning of the the lab at the Shiva Theater to the end of of off Broadway at the I think it was the Newman Theater, both of the theaters at the Public Theater. Um, it it was a completely, completely, completely different show. Both beautiful, but both completely different from each other yeah yeah i mean like like you said i had a similar experience through trevor because there i performed this song called whisper Mm -hmm. at the trevor live which is like a beneficial concert for um like the trevor project but when i and it was still in the show up until we got into previews and then it was cut in previews and it was a brand new song and that song I was like so attached to it because like before I even went to rehearsals, I performed it and like that was the first song I knew, like heard and knew and learned. So I had like it had like meaning to me, and then I got too attached to it and I was so upset when it got cut. So like I I feel you when you say don't get attached. It's so hard. But you know uh, that's the beauty of being part of developmental readings and labs is you literally definitely. have to create the show with them. You get to be a part yeah, of that process for sure. For sure. So cool. Um, yeah. So, guys, it's been a big week for Broadway. Um, I mean, obviously, there is no Broadway because Corona. Um, but the Tony nominations came out, so that gave a lot of people something to look forward to. Unfortunately, there is still not a date for the streaming date of the actual Tony Awards, but the nominations came out, and we are just so excited because. Sydney and I both have a lot of friends that got nominated and we we just want to say congratulations to them. Um, I mean, there were lots of surprises. Everyone who I actually saw in Lauren Patton, who's obviously Sydney's friend. Yeah, I I saw in her Instagram post that everyone that was Mm -hmm. eligible to get nominated got nominated. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. So cool. Congratulations, everyone. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, and it... (laughs) what a year it's it's literally it's interesting because like you know there was three shows but that uh three musicals sorry um three musicals that could that were eligible to get nominated and you know like usually like hamilton's year you know like you knew they were gonna get the tony you know like most of the times you know but like this year like those three shows man they're they're good Mm -hmm. shows and like all have like a good chance I hope Jagged Little Pill takes it away just because of, you know, you know, Lauren and then Diane Paulus is the director. Oh. Um, and she's nominated too. So that was cool. Um, 
and uh yeah so but you know with moulin rouge and tina like those are also great oh great shows gosh. that like it's gonna be interesting to see where that the, one takes us oh my god the person who plays tina i think her name is adrian i think Ad- warren. warren adrian warren yes she is fantastic she's absolutely phenomenal unbelievable unbelievable she's so good talented and and i oscar williams who i was in fun home with and who is a a friend of um me and eli he came for my 16th birthday he came to new york to hang out with me for my birthday and because he lives in vermont and he was going we were literally going to spend like a whole weekend just running around new york city we went to like restaurants and we're we were going to go to moulin rouge but then uh, the blackout, the midtown blackout happened. We were we were literally yeah. like an hour away from heading to the theater, and then we were eating in a restaurant, and then just up. No I know, way. And then a, uh, the the lights went out in the restaurant, and we you know we thought it was a problem with the restaurant until one of the waiters told us, "No, this is an entire citywide blackout. This is like a midtown blackout." Wow. And we go outside, and none of the crosswalks are working, and and it's we went we go to moulin rouge and they're like we're not gonna be doing a show we we don't have any power (laughs) and so i never got to see moulin rouge but uh it's honestly really weird that i just these couple of years with the like it's just the blackout and then 2020 everything that's happened within 2020 crazy man yeah seriously um yeah and then before we go we just want to acknowledge that obviously it's October, it is spooky season, of course, but it is also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we, Sydney and I, have a lot of friends um, who, you know, have been diagnosed and have been affected by um, having breast cancer. And we just wanted to raise awareness for that because, you know, this is the month to Mm -hmm. do so. It should be every month. But um, yeah, you know, just like, just be mindful and, you know, get those people in your thoughts and prayers. I'm sure, you know, you know someone that has it because it is quite common. Um, so our thoughts and prayers go out to all of them. And, you know, Sydney and I, actually, a friend of ours, Madeline Jasmaro, who Zell was in Fun Home with you, um, his sister it was diagnosed with a form of breast cancer. So it's been... You know, yeah, I've at learned a, a at lot a young, because at a young of that age too. So it 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 doesn't it doesn't really discriminate when it comes to age, right? And because you know, I, I knew her. I really that was like my first time that I actually did the proper research on breast cancer, and like it was just very difficult for me to like wrap my head around that. And it, it, it's been so like I'm very happy that I've done the research and I'm more uh, educated on it and I hope that you guys can do yeah, that. Yeah, and well. also this month you can you can donate to different charities um that uh you know help those that have breast cancer help, you know, fund research for breast cancer. I think uh the nationalbreastcancer.org, you can go there and they they have information on it and they also have um places you can donate to. Yeah, uh, well, 
that does it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll hopefully see you back next Thursday. Yeah, we hope you like this episode. Beth, I love you so much. You're like a literal big sister to me. Um, and yeah, see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Go, Go vote. vote. <laughs> Sick beat, am I right? For our curtain call, we wanted to give a few special thank yous to Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon for our amazing music, Giselle Bustos for designing our logo, and Tessie Tokash and Sydney Lucas for editing our episodes. Feel free to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are currently listening to us from. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and Katie Rosen at the Broadway Podcast Network, as well as our top patrons, Henry Friedman, Brian Thompson, PCC, and Patrick McNamara. Speaking of, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Take a Bow, go check us out on Patreon at patreon.com TAB and become a patron today. Through our Patreon, you will form a relationship with us and get an inside look on what goes into this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, visit bpn.fm forward slash take a bow and follow us on Instagram at take a bow podcast where you can contact us with any feedback, suggestions or questions and keep up with all things take a bow. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.